0: It's your first day of school. You wake up, rub the greenish goo from your eyes, and make that first deposit of the day. And then it's your first look in the mirror. What? No facial blemishes? But it's your first day. What do the girls think? What's a young ogre to do? You need canker maker. Canker maker works with your own facial enzymes to create the most disgusting, weeping sores allowed by nature. A dab here and a dab there, and you'll be erupting in phlegmy boils in no time. You'll have to beat the girls off with a club. Canker Maker. When you just need a little help looking your worst. Results may vary. Canker Maker LLC reserves the right to bash your brains out should you complain to anyone about Canker Maker. Pregnant ogres should apply Canker Maker liberally to ensure their baby is born ugly. Not sold in booths.
1: Welcome everybody to season two of Sci-Fi Writers Playing Old School D and D. My name is Jason Onsbach. You might remember me as the Barbarian Barabosa from season one, but this season, this season, I'm the Dungeon Master, and we've got a nice crew of Sci-Fi authors and Sci-Fi authors. So, first, guys, let's let's introduce you, um, and let's start with Chris Porteau, Chris. Tell us the name of your character. We'll have a we'll have some time a little bit later on to introduce our characters in game. But tell us the name and the type.
0: Sure, uh, my character is Raylan Shadowwalker. He is a brooding ranger.
1: Strider, you're Strider. playing Strider. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm, I'm sitting in the back of the inn with the glow of my pipe lighting my face menacingly.
1: But his friends
2: call him Psycho.
0: As <laughs> a matter of fact, they do. In real life. Too. And Chris,
1: and Chris, your book. What book do people know you for? Um, I'm
0: probably best known for the Serenity Strain books, Stormbreak and Ironheart, uh, and the third, as yet to be named, sequel.
1: So we've and got that Quivering thighs,
2: thighs book you wrote too.
1: Oh, that well, that was a pen name.
0: Pen. Okay. <laughs> quivering Thighs was the Sorry. name, actually. Quivering Thighs. <laughs> That's right. If so, that don't sell, I don't know what will.
1: And Chris, your better half is with us, yes, Allison. She is. How are you doing, I'm Allison? Really, I'm good. I'm here. That's your answer. I'll, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us your I'm character he- name and class.
3: My character is Antandra, and she is a uh,
1: Amazon warrior. Nice. That won't draw any suspicion. No raised eyebrows. Well, can I just, just, can I just say,
0: if, if there's some kind of spell or something that makes her like turn into a second Entendre, then she'll be a double Entendre?
1: <laughs> uh, so I've been waiting, waiting all day to say that. I have. <laughs> Allison, how long until you write a science fiction novel? We're kind of waiting for you to catch up to the show's name. (laughs) Keep waiting. (laughs) John Freider, gaming industry veteran and sci-fi novelist. John Freider. How are you, John?
3: I'm okay. Um, My name is John Freider, and I'm here to play D&D. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, My character's name is Mondo, and he is a fighter who's... I, well, what is this guy? Really broad, really uh, dense, and not too bright. It's the best guy, but, but very flamboyant. Did you say your name is Roll Them Bones? Roll
1: Roll Bemondo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. John, John. For science fiction listeners who are just coming along for the D and D ride, uh, what book should they know about of yours?
3: They should definitely know about the first book in my Xpocalypse series called The Tastemakers. And uh, more recently, like last month, as we know, earlier this month, um, I released a short story in the Chronicle World's uh, Phelan Anthology, which is doing extremely well.
1: Woot! Very nice. Christopher Bohr, he was from England. He came to America and Brexited before it was cool. Christopher, (laughs) tell us about your character name and type.
4: My uh, my character name is Sander Vance. He is a conjurer um, and specializes in Inquisition.
2: Wow, I suspected something. I, as an English guy, I figured you'd, there'd be something more twee, like Roger Crumpington. Hello, fellows. I'm here with my cricket mallet to do battle. <laughs> yes, but do no you... one ever
3: expects the Inquisition. That's
2: I was going to ask, Nick.
1: <laughs> did so, you anyway. expect the Inquisition? And Christopher, what uh, what book should people read of yours?
4: I actually have not written a book
1: yet. Um, what the hell are you doing in this group? <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: Who are you married to that you okay. can be which, on this Which podcast? novella or short story should they read? <laughs> uh, I,
4: would say, I would say start with Kamikaze uh, okay. in the Z Chronicles um, because I'm, I have another story coming out soon in the Gamer Chronicles that ties in with it called Gamer Girl.
2: The uh, the the way that you said kamikaze is so English, as in, that kamikaze is about to ram into our carrier.
1: I I'd say, <laughs> I say, I don't think he's going to
2: stop. I say, do we have time for tea before we shoot him down?
3: <laughs> OBS aside, I've read the uh, Gamer Girl story, and it's absolutely awesome.
2: Well,
1: oh, thanks, John.
2: I think you and John are both in an upcoming game anthology with Sam Peralta,
1: right? Yes. Yep. Groovy. That's cool. We'll talk about that when it releases. Okay. Maybe. Lastly, lastly, yeah, maybe we will. I shouldn't have promised that. <laughs> last promised that. If you're not
2: in this episode, on the next episode, then why would we talk about it? You could, you could die. It's true. Yeah. Um, this is where so Baby. Yeah. So sell your books Nick now. <laughs>
0: you could be dead next time.
2: Yeah. Every time you roll schlep something. <laughs> yeah,
0: <that's great. laughs>
2: Nick Cole. Woo. Tell us about um, uh, I have decided to because most people don't know that I'm an actor and I've really wanted to embrace my Mark Hamill Johnny Depp so I've gone with Jack Random who is a thief <laughs> and um, he's quite a fellow so we're going to have a lot of fun Aha! You, oh, sound, you, know.
3: <laughs> you sound like a very lonely man my thanks,
1: thanks. Jack Random my is never lonely for long so and thank you for telling us you're an actor. You know, you know, you never mentioned that, so I'm yeah. glad that you brought it up this time.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, before, Nick,
0: before before we move on, uh, Jason, oh. why don't you tell us about who the dungeon master is, Jason? Oh, I
1: will. I was going to get Nick uh, some plug time for one of his books, but never mind, Nick. You've got you, you, <laughs> sell, you sell enough books.
2: I so I'm the dungeon master,
1: um, and though this this show is called Sci-Fi Writers, uh, I tend to write uh, humorous paranormal noir. So maybe I'll write sci-fi one day if they threaten to kick me out of the the group. But I am uh, I'm here for your your playtime for your entertainment. And Nick mentioned that we're playing Ravenloft, and that's totally true. We're going to play a module called Feast of Goblins. And in classic classic TSR factions. Or okay, so I have a question TSR. about
0: that. This is like How to Serve Man. Is it? Goblins feasting on the party, or is there a feast made up of goblin meat?
1: Well, the nice thing is, in Ravenloft, it's very story and role-play driven, so it could easily be both. <laughs> very easily <to> both. <laughs> now, what I'd like to point out, I don't know if you guys have seen the cover art for this, but I think this module came out in 1989 or 1990. And so uh, there's a wicked-looking vampire on the cover, and then there's uh, sort of the uh, the hot chick... And what I love is the way they use uh, hair from the period. So you've got this great Kenny Loggins beard and mullet on the vampire, and uh, the woman's hair is all frazzled out. So we'll get a picture of that. But that's what I love about old school D&D uh, photographs, is the way they just took whatever popular 80s hairstyle was out there and put it on a bard and said, there you go. Sir, <laughs> we call
0: that marketing. Marketing, sir.
1: <laughs> so the kids can relate. It's hip. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I love so it all, bit- Amazon warrior women always had feathered hair. That was always like so hot. You're like, ah. Oh.
3: That was very much an 80s thing, yes. Yeah, yeah Austin, exactly.
1: How did the Amazonian women feather their hair? Do they have product?
3: <laughs> They've got everything. The mist of Amazon
2: women just abound.
1: There was a Brazilian <laughs> blowout back then. <laughs> the mist is just hairspray no
2: one knows <laughs> um two quick questions i have for the listening audience um and, and i'm going to field these to christopher Bohr because his lore is is pretty good and anybody that wants to touch in but ravenloft has two interesting features about it that a lot of people don't know the first is how did ravenloft to christopher Bohr um come about
4: so uh the lore says that basically uh <clears throat> strad von zarevich who is uh a very powerful vampire, I believe from, um, possibly Greyhawk maybe. Um, but he, he, uh, I believe in the ice stride book, he jealously, um, kind of killed, made a pact with some unknown power to, uh, destroy his brother who was, uh, marrying the woman that he loved and, that action caused Ravenloft to kind of appear around him and lock him in the uh, the land of Barovia, and then at that point, um, other kind of evil entities from all different worlds, even our world, uh, Earth, you know, um, kind of started to migrate towards. They would uh, they would end up in a in a mist one night um, and reappear. And Ravenloft and never be able to come back to their world.
2: Yeah, that's why I've gone with this character, Captain Jack Random, who is um, from eighteenth century England. So he he he's one of those people. And then how like and maybe John Frader can jump in on this one too. How how did the how was it initially introduced into the gaming world? I think that's an interesting story. Yeah, I don't I actually don't oh, know. Oh, you don't know? Does anyone else know? I, don't know I, about, have, so. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, so oh.
1: Ravenloft was a uh, D&D module, like 1983. It. Yeah. So it was a module, and it had a lot of success. It was we- really well-received. So they expanded it, and then in the late 80s, maybe like 1989, they came out with a box set, um, and then a little bit later, they came out with the Domains of Dread rulebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it kind of went from here. And so this this module that we're playing is from that second uh, incarnation, uh, that box set incarnation. I think it was actually the first full module that was released yeah, course, and I think yeah. the, the the goof
2: that I was driving on is I think this actually starts off as sort of a TSR in house Halloween game that they kind That's of did as a as a tribute to slasher films.
1: Ah, uh, I've heard that.
2: Yeah, so I think I thought that was pretty interesting. And I thought you so wanted having, your answer. Yeah, having no yeah, I wanted the full nerd. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I think the interesting thing about the whole thing is that um Unlike, you know, and this is an interesting thing about people who go crawling around in caverns and everything like that. Most dungeon people are, you know, like in most games and everything like that, most adventurers are like truly fearless. Like, would you, if a giant hole opened up near your house, you know, would you just suddenly head in there with a sword and, you know, uh, a lantern and no sense of dread? Well, whereas in Ravenloft, horror and dread are actually game factors and it's it's pretty interesting. I've actually never played. I'm interested to see how it goes.
1: Yeah, and and so right before we begin that, Hello. Uh, yeah. Is designed to be in. Everyone here, you... everything okay?
2: Uh, yeah. You, you <laughs> cut out for a second. Start Start from the top.
1: All right. More work Welcome for Chris to... Porto. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's one thing that I want to go over because it's an important part of the, uh, the gameplay. So Ravenloft does have a built-in dynamic to calculate fear and horror. So it was designed to be heavy on role-play. It was designed to be a very atmospheric game. And so uh, the way they enforce that is if you fall into a situation where uh, you should legitimately be afraid of what's happening, or you should be horrified by what's going on, it gives the dungeon master the ability to say, you're not really role-playing this very well. Um, There's a, a fetid, rotting corpse that used to be your best friend rising up and attacking you, and you're acting like it's Tuesday. So... Then there's fear checks and horror checks, and those can have big consequences, such as uh, running away, dropping your items, losing the turn, now, um, going the, into a catatonic game, shock.
0: How do the Game Masters know that I, at one time in my life, on a Tuesday, did not have a good friend turn into a fetid corpse next to me? And I'm used to that kind of thing.
1: That's true. Yeah. Well, see, even if you're used to it, it only gives you a slight bonus. <laughs> a slight bonus in the Because it's still scary. It's always horrible to see Steve come back to life. Yeah. <laughs> if you knew he
2: was
0: alive, you'd know why it's so horrible. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, but generally, if you role play according to the mood that the campaign is setting out, it's not something that comes up. But uh, it is kind of a tool in the dungeon master's belt if he if he sees the need to do it. So, with all that said, we're going to get you guys into Ravenloft. Um Nick, since you're already there, I guess we'll just kind of keep you quiet here. But everybody else, we said we were going to start. Try you know, and okay. stop me. <laughs> we're going to start in our world of Forsaken Ruins. And are my players seeing this handout? No. Figures. <laughs>
0: Oh. Now we do.
3: Oh, there you go. Yes.
1: All oh, the pungent aroma of the swelling crowd makes you long for the fresh salt sea air of the docks. You, like the rest of the masses, wait under the baking sun for your turn to pay a toll, allowing you to leave the port city of Acadios and make your way inland. It would be nice to stay in Acadios a while, but certain circumstances necessitate your speedy or necessitate your speedy departure. You're close to the double gates where you'll pay the toll. Guards break you up into a group of a dozen or so and say that you're next. You examine the others in your group. Most are merchants, peasants, or pilgrims, but there are a few who seem like they could handle themselves in a fight. This is an opportune time to introduce yourself as you wait for the group in front of you to pay and be on about their business. And go. And that's, this is, so in a role playing game, (laughs) you play the role of your character. And so your character is standing with the other characters, and now you're going to get to know each other.
0: All right, so I'll, I'll walk up to Entendre and say, What's a nice Amazon like you doing on a dock like this?
3: I am surprised that you recognize an Amazon warrior.
0: Well, That's I'm surprised awesome. when I recognize an Amazon warrior, too.
3: I am on a mission for my people.
0: Well, maybe I can help you. Why
3: on do you my... disturb me?
0: Uh, maybe I can help you on your mission. I'm always looking for a fun adventure.
3: I do not need the assistance of a man.
0: You say that now. All right, somebody else <laughs> roleplay. play. Damn it. <laughs>
2: Please make Christopher boy role
4: play. He, he didn't. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I see that the, the uh, interaction going on between the uh, the large uh, warrior lady and and me. And <laughs> you. And uh, I guess I'm going to mosey on over.
2: <clears throat> and what do you look like? John, Do I, are you like like a tall moving corpse?
4: i uh, pretty much. I, uh, <laughs> I I kind of hold my uh, left hand to my body protectively. It looks kind of twisted and gnarled, and my clothes,
2: oh, and my are disgusting.
4: I have implements of uh, possibly torture and pouches all over my uh, my robe.
2: But a logoed T-shirt that says "Fuddlebox," <laughs> like
4: it says sci-fi writers playing old school and <laughs> And um, (laughs) I'm going to, I guess, inquire, um, do you know what's going on here to Chris Porto's character?
0: Uh, Well, we're waiting to get on the ship, I can tell you that.
1: Actually, you're waiting to get inland. You just got off the ship.
0: No, We're waiting to get off the ship, I can tell you that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what, they're breaking us up for what? So, uh, we can go through the gates? What are, what are we doing?
1: There's we a monk. Are... There's a priestly monk standing in the crowd, and you notice that he's sort of eyeballing you. And he says, you're waiting to pay the toll, same as everybody else, and it's an expensive one, if I don't judge incorrectly, given your, um, let's say, accomplishments, eh?
4: Well, can we get this over with, because... Uh... It's looking a little dark out, and I don't want to get wet.
1: We're at the God's mercy, aren't we? Aren't we all? <laughs> Suddenly, everything went BBB.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not sure where the accents came from, to be honest.
1: Because they're fun. I guess.
3: That's a one, anyway.
1: All right. The gate opens up, and ah. a, a, a portico opens up. The group goes out, and a guard says, all right, you guys, come on, let's go. Next 12. Let's go. Hurry up. All
3: right.
1: I'm, I'm moving. And you three, will no, you,
3: you three will notice a fighter type with wearing very shiny but uh, but um, weirdly used armor rushing up to catch the, uh, catch up to y'all.
1: Come on. Yeah. No, you. You. The farmer. I, I, wait wait I, for the one in the armor. Come on. We want him in. I am friends.
3: I'm, I'm over there. Don't worry. Oh, here I am. Thank you for waiting.
1: Well, about a dozen of you are standing inside a portico, kind of a, a double gate. The gate goes down, so now you're, you're, you're trapped on this stone bridge. Uh, there's walls around you, so you can't go over the side. Two gates, one that will uh, exit you out into the wilderness, and uh, you notice that there are a number of guards standing above you, uh, murder holes around you, and one of the guards calls down and says, the toll to cross today is... Ten gold pieces, except for laborers, in which case it's one copper piece. Ten Leave gold money.
0: each?
1: Yes, each. <laughs> now, drop it in the circle. We're watching.
3: My good friends, I, I, I'm not, I'm not un, unwilling to pay ten gold, but if we do some labor, can we get a discount? Apparently, I mean,
1: you there know, are many things what. we can do. You all look like, uh, look like a bunch that has uh, seen the world, maybe found some treasure on your adventures. Why don't you just go ahead and leave everything in the center of the square?
3: I do not like that idea at all, sir. Don't you just I, I, just I, just might, bite me. I like your first idea better.
1: Well, here's the thing. You're going to do it or you're going to die, right? It's that simple.
3: Send out your strongest men.
1: Uh, I will fight send him. we'll send in our strongest arrows. <laughs> so you look around. You could try to climb the walls, but this looks dangerous, precarious. This is obviously a spot where the city guard hustle and shake down um, for additional income and you're the marks.
4: Mm.
1: So the priest, the priest speaks up and says, "Listen, um I can I can get you all out of this without having to pay anything, but you've got to uh, you've got to do a little bit of work for me. Uh, I, I, I need I need adventurers. I need I need fighters. I need someone that can provide muscle. You see, I'm I'm on I'm on a mission, and and they sent me alone, and I I don't know how to take care of myself. And um, if if you would help, you you strong types. Um, I will I will use my my priestly authority to 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 make the gods um, um, let us go uh, if that's if that's all, all right.
4: What about uh, uh, us not strong types?
1: Well, <laughs> you are you are gifted you are gifted in in, in the the arts of, of of magic are you not if, if I if I can say so. All
3: right uh, so you are I, looking I, for mercenaries are you Senor?
1: Um, I, I'm looking for those who would do holy work. With me.
0: Well, why don't you give us the headline for what the work is, and we'll let you know.
1: Um, yes. Well, you see, uh, my my friar, uh, my my priory, uh, we we have rights to a stone quarry, and we're going to use the stone from the quarry to build a cathedral. Um, the king uh, uh, of Acadia's had had authorized us, though we don't own the land, but but uh, the the duke who does own the land has expelled our masons and uh, is refusing us to harvest the stone that we have right to and so i've been sent to uh entreat him to let us make use of our legal our legal way and 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 uh i just thought if you if you were along they might be more inclined to listen to me
0: ah so you want us to uh provide a little atmosphere for your demand
1: certainly yes yes just just to show that that that, that that the priory is not without not without its own its own friends in in powerful uh, p- positions.
3: I will go with you
0: to intimidate this person. <laughs> the first thing you should have asked was, is he a man? I'm
1: in. Yeah, I think they're all men. I, I imagine.
3: <laughs> you know, I would actually like to see the large lady intimidate people, so I will go as well.
0: <laughs> I usually have to pay for that kind of thing, but today, <laughs> my village, not really. <laughs>
4: What's in it for for
1: us? Well, um, (laughs) you won't have to give up everything to pay the toll, and and that would help me because I I imagine the arrows will kill me just as quickly as you. Um, And uh, I can can see if the Priory could could perhaps collect an offering from the people to give thanks. I'm not really authorized to say, though.
0: All right. You, You can count me in. Says Raylan, the, sh- the ranger.
1: <laughs> All right. So, so we're agreed. We have, we have, we have an accord. We do. We do. Yes. The monk looks up to the guard. These, these are with me, and they have, they have, they have a clerical pass, and they do not have to pay the toll. And if you uh, continue on, I will report you to the prior and the bishop.
3: You bastards! <laughs> oh, oh no, no, no,
1: don't, don't say that! Don't say that! And the prior bishop,
0: and the, fu- he, and the future bishop as well.
1: I'll tell, I'll tell them. Well, the guards, the guards consult and grumpily open up the gate, allowing you to pass through and move on your way. I shall be honest, my
3: friend. I'm not sure which is more surprising: the fact that you actually said that, or the fact that they actually listened.
1: Oh, they have to listen. Uh, The church is very powerful in (laughs) Acadius.
3: Oh, take it from me, my friend. No one has to listen to anyone.
1: I don't understand what that means, but I'm glad you're coming. Well, that ends our first episode of Season 2 of Sci-Fi Writers Playing Old School D&D. We hope to see you again next week. Well, we won't see you because it's a podcast, but still, we hope that you download the podcast next week. Sci-fi is playing old-school D and D. We will uh, we'll get into some fun uh, some fun things for our party to do. We'll see what they're made of. See if they're killers or heroes. Next week.
3: I think they're killers. <laughs> <laughs> if we kill heroes, does that kind of balances out, like karmically, or do we, right, is this yeah. not that sort of game?
1: Kill heroes. I think it, I think it actually gets worse. I think there's a powers check at that point.
3: Oh well. Can we be heroes that kill?
1: Uh, well, I think I think. You're certainly trying.
3: I think that's
2: what D&D is all about. When you're crazy like me, you're always a hero. End yeah. it up, dude.
0: This episode of Sci-Fi Writers Playing Old School D&D was brought to you by Canker Maker. When you just need a little help looking your worst. I'm Chris Porteau, author of The Serenity Strain, Ironheart, your host and producer of this podcast. Our executive producer is Jason Ansbach, author of Till Death, Kevin G. Summers, author of The Bleak December, designed our epic logo. You can pick it up on hoodies and shirts over in our Green Dragon Loot Shop. The shop's logo was created by the lovely and talented Guinevere Boar, our magic user spousal unit. Go check out the loot shop, our bios, and more at oldschooldnd.com. That's O-L-D-S-C-H-O-O-L-D-N, as in Nancy, D.com. That's all for now. Thank you for listening.